0: Rediscover the 80s, your retro news and talk station. Welcome to Memory Jogger, a podcast featuring the childhood tales of two friends who grew up in central Pennsylvania during the 1980s and early 90s. This is Jason.
1: And this is Wyatt. Jason and I have known each other since the fourth grade, and this podcast dives deep into our memory banks to extract what we can remember from during our formative years. And while our
0: perspective can be regional, we also touch on pop culture that is sure to translate to other Gen Xers.
1: Join us as we jog down memory lane in this episode of Memory Jogger.
0: Yes, Jason and Wyatt back with you on another Memory Jogger. How you doing, bud?
1: Good, how about you? How are you guys listening and enjoying our Memory Joggers?
0: Yep, it's getting to be uh, almost Christmas. You all set?
1: I think we're just about there, if not pretty darn close. <laughs> How about you?
0: Yep, I think we're we're right there, too. Might be a couple last-minute things, but uh, I think we're ready to rock and roll this Christmas. So, yeah, we're back in the studio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And I uh, just wanted to mention that this episode is sponsored by RetroViewer, which you can uh, customize your own retro viewer and Reel at image3d.com, which we have, or I have uh, at least. want to just say thanks to them for uh, offering up a sample, but I decided I'm going to make one of these and uh, give one away too. So I made one for Wyatt, sent it his way as kind of a Christmas present, and uh, now we've got our retro viewers and our uh, custom reel to look at whenever we want to. And, and what I did was I took a bunch of pictures from going back to the first time we went to RetroCon and made the reel. What did you think, mm-hmm.
1: man? That was really awesome. And the pictures, ironically enough, most of them are up on my, uh, I don't really have pictures that work. Uh-huh. In Lou, I use my desktop that rotates every minute. And a lot of those pictures are actually on there. So <laughs> the only thing that was cool about it is you added the lettering with the wording, you know, RetroCon 2015 and Road trip to forty, mm-hmm. you know, those were really awesome. But when I pulled it out right away, I can't remember which one of my sons, but picked it right out. Oh, mm. that's that thing from Toy Story. <laughs> yes, yeah. So good, good, good. So they all wanted to like they were all hyping, what to look at it. Uh, <laughs> They got first shot at it because I'm like, geez, I' I'm, okay, you're more excited than I am, you know, and I'm yeah, just as equally yeah. excited, just not hopping up and down. <laughs> but but so, they really love it, they still look at it even now. It's been what a week or so that I've gotten it and oh, great, great loving it. And I'm I flip through it just for nostalgia purposes, you know. And
0: now, do you have any of the old reels that you can pop in there?
1: i Don't believe I do. At least I haven't come across any. How about you?
0: I have at a thrift store. Gosh, gosh, I don't know. Maybe a couple years ago, I was uh, at a thrift store and I found uh, the original Viewmaster and, I don't know, a stack of reels and bought that and gave that to my daughter to kind of look at and get her hands on it and see what it used to be like when uh, we wanted to catch our favorite cartoons and things outside of uh, Saturday morning. But yeah, so I had some, I, I popped some of those reels into the retro viewer and it works fine. I mean, it's just like the, like the old one, but this is great. I just love the whole presentation of it. So I got mine out here and it comes in this bright red box and you can actually customize what color retro viewer you want. Of course, I picked the traditional red for both of us. Right. But it comes in blue and white. And uh, even with, um, I got a promo kit for the book, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions. And there was a white one in there and a, a disc in there. But uh, yeah, so this is great. You can, uh, I think it's seven, six or seven pictures you can put in here. And then in the very center of the disc, you can also put a picture. So I used our picture with the Cybertronic Spree when we were dressed up like uh, Hannibal and (laughs) Murdoch right, to be the center part of the disc. But yeah, I mean, just the, you know, you you pop it in and that noise of, you know, everybody knows that noise. It's a sensory thing. Nostalgia is and hearing that noise and going through the, the pictures. Oh man. It just takes you right back to when you're a kid. So it was definitely worth it. And we do have, For those of you listening, there's a special deal you can get. If you use the code RD80s over at image3d.com, you can get free shipping on one viewer and a real set. Now, if you get more, then I think it's $7 off. So essentially, you're getting free shipping on one. But yeah, so make sure you take advantage of that. We'll put a link in the show notes, but it's just at image3d.com. You get your pictures ready, you upload your pictures, and you can essentially preview the whole thing before you hit okay to, you know, to send them for them to uh, make the reel. But, man, this is so nostalgic, and I'm so glad uh, we have them on as a sponsor because this is just perfect. You know, we're viewing the past here, and we're exactly. doing that with Memory Jogger, so it's almost like a perfect fit. Exactly. So make sure you check out Retro Viewer today and, and take advantage of that free shipping on one viewer and real set all right well before we get into our show which we've actually we're not doing the randomizer tonight we're just doing the we picked one since it's almost christmas time and it's the winter season and we're going to do our winter memories in this episode but we did have some feedback come our way
1: yes this is from our old classmate bob Mm -hmm. he wrote me it's uh been i guess a little over a week week and a half ago now Text me out of the blue. He says, Finished the school stories podcast. That episode is fantastic. (laughs) It brought up madness I haven't thought of in forever. The man, the myth, the legend, Kurt Miller. I remember the snuff incident
0: (laughs) where he (laughs) swallowed the snuff. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. That was, I just remember getting sick to my stomach up on the soccer field. Were you playing soccer? Did you play soccer at all?
1: No, I didn't. I was not yeah. there for that episode. So oh, when you gosh. told it, I'm like, "Where was I? Oh yeah, I wasn't part of that." So that was a riot.
0: Yeah, yeah, you did run track with us. I do remember yep. that. But yep. uh, oh yeah, that whew, that
1: was nasty. <laughs> I can only imagine.
0: Well, that's good that uh that Bob is making his way through the episode. Yeah, uh, about so halfway, I, I guess.
1: Right. I added a comment, or yeah, I replied. Said laugh out loud. Glad you enjoyed it. We share people's comments in our opening and shared your text on one of our recent podcasts. Mm -hmm. And of course we went on a tangent, but basically he said, well, you really got me on an eighties kick. Now me and the boy are watching airwolf too. (laughs) There you go. So that led on to a bigger tangent. So uh, that's lengthy. So, uh, but yeah, thanks Bob for listening. And I'm glad uh, we're able to coax you in. Of course, he's part of that. uh, Not just the eighties, era i mean he was mm-hmm. with us in the same area the same community so it, he's with us in the same school so a lot of this he's sitting there i can only imagine going yep that's true yep that's true yep <laughs> yep wait where was i in this episode of school oh i was probably running and hiding up in the church loft or something
0: <laughs> yeah that's so great to uh to hear from him and then he's enjoying the episodes because yeah, I I cringe at some of the stuff and what maybe some of our classmates would think. We tried to leave the names out of it for the most part. So right. the, uh, the guilty can <laughs> go, go nameless. But that's it. You know, it's all it's been so long ago.
1: <laughs> that's the right word right 20, there.
0: 25, 30 years ago. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. but that's great well if you guys want to leave any feedback on uh, any previous episode of course just reach out to us on social media and we'll give you the the details on that at the end of the show but also don't forget about our telby voicemail which you just call in leave a voicemail and we'll be happy to play that back and react to it on a future episode it doesn't have to be about the last one we've gone a couple weeks here between episodes just things have come up and in, in family and in personal stuff going on and vacations. So it's been a minute, but uh, we don't mind reacting to episodes long ago either. <laughs> so feel free to go back in the archive there in this feed and listen to your heart's content. And I would invite you guys to go back uh, an early episode, maybe what episode four or five. Uh, we were doing a, a, a little bit in conjunction with this uh, league of bloggers and podcasters. And we did our favorite, I think it was our top five, maybe, or top three Christmas gifts. And we go into a little bit of our Christmas traditions in that episode. And uh, we're—it it is Christmas time, but we're trying to hit mainly, I guess, winter activities, or, or maybe there are some Christmas things that we'll work in as well. But make sure you go back and listen to that episode, too. That was really fun. And then, of course, last year, don't forget... We reviewed the Bob Rivers Twisted Christmas album. That was really fun. So we've got plenty of uh, episodes Christmas themed. As you're listening to this, if you want to get that in before the holiday's over, go back in the archive and check those out. But So yeah, so we're going to do our winter activities. And of course, we lived in central Pennsylvania. So lots of this, I think, has to deal with the wonderful snow that we got each year without fail. Sometimes earlier than in in the months than others, but you know, a lot of my winter memories kind of revolve around snow and being outside.
1: Yes, I snow was typically at least it felt early, but you know, we had never I'd never been anyplace else besides Clearfield for winter, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it could have been early for, or late for all I know.
0: Well, but it I, seemed to yeah, yeah. I meant early because I remember sometimes it's snowing like around Halloween, and and then late is March and even April, you know. So
1: that always sneaks up. That's it. We had uh, there's so many memories. Where do you want to begin? Like, do you want to talk about like maybe some fun stuff like sledding and activity out, outdoors?
0: Yeah, yeah. So like I said, a lot of my stuff has to do with outdoors. So let's say that you uh, you have a snow day. Of course, we we always uh, tune into our our favorite local radio station to get the, what was it? Operation Snow Watch, right? In the you mornings.
1: Want, do you want me to play
0: it? <laughs> um, I'm sure you have it. Snow Watch, the information you need at 900
1: CPA. School closings, meetings, road conditions, and weather. A service of 900 CPA and Dats Motor Company, Marcus Street in downtown Clearfield. With new Ford cars and trucks that go in snow.
0: Yeah, so you know it snows there's several inches on the ground and the question always is will we have a school delay will school be canceled how bad are the roads you know that sort of thing so we tune into the local radio station and they would have all the cancellations and uh, delays and i don't know what every 10-15 minutes maybe they would play that
1: yes i don't know that there was any great frequency i i seemed to me when we were younger and of course we're we weren't in radio we had no on uh, concept of what radio was like except that we listened to it so i would imagine it felt like every other song there was an update hmm. so every mm-hmm. two songs maybe a, co- a commercial spot was thrown in but essentially it felt like every two songs yeah operations no <clears> watch <throat> yeah, you just you know, wait for
0: that kind of intro yeah
1: Right. And if we missed our school, because we went to a private school, most of the time it reflected off of whatever the the county was doing or I'm sorry, the local Clearfield school was doing. But every now and then we had the administrator or something would throw a curveball. You know, Clearfield might be going on a two hour delay, but CMA is going on one for whatever reason. Yeah. But they typically fell in soup, especially when they had the bus service going uh, alongside it. Yeah. But, yeah, they would – you would sit there and listen and listen and listen because it might miss you or you might have waken up like two seconds too late. And you heard the last part of Osceola Mills is on a tour. I've missed Claire i got <laughs> to sit here another. and listen again. Yeah,
0: we got to wait. <laughs> and then eventually I think they ran it on some of the local TV stations too, like a, a ticker at the bottom of the screen. But I mainly – remember listening to the radio for, uh, all the delays and you could get a one hour delay or two hour delay or canceled. I think that was pretty much the three options. And sometimes we got out early. If they knew the storm was coming, maybe we get out at lunchtime. And, uh, that's usually when my grandma would show up. She was kind of the, the person when stuff was going on, the parents are at work and if school is delayed or, uh, gets out early than they were making the phone call to Graham to come pick me up but right. yeah, that was part of it so but i guess what i'm getting around to is we got a little bit of a sidebar there but you got a snow day school is canceled we're all rejoicing and we want to go outside today so what are you doing
1: most likely if we're going outside we were seeing how much snow is there if we could manufacture a snowman Mm-hmm. That was the first order of business. Sledding was a little bit later on. We typically did that um, later on in the day. I want to say even closer to like the afternoon. And I don't know why that was. I really okay. don't. But um, but yeah, we were doing whatever we could in the yard. What about you?
0: It was always you go outside and you test it, see if it's good packing snow. And if you wanted to make a snowman, eventually I had like one of those block makers like the square that you could try to make a wall or if you're really good with it make an igloo or something but i remember having one of those and trying to build blocks and build up like if you're going to have a snowball fight like a true snowball fight where you get a bunch together and have two teams or two people yep. you know and and actually have a snowball fight but yeah so you go outside and you test the snow and a snowman was uh high up on the list and if uh, I don't know, I, I guess it didn't really matter the type of snow or how much to go sledding. We always needed more, obviously to go sledding. It, it seemed like, but depending on what kind of a sledge you had, sometimes that wasn't the, the big deal. As long as the ground was covered, you're good to go, you know, right. So where did you go sledding?
1: So uh, in our show notes, I've, I'll be including it, but there was two little areas that we would typically hit because it had enough of a of a a slope one was just uh just a street next to our school which thankfully was only six blocks up the road so we would walk up there and then there was this little roadway where it was actually a brick roadway okay and i don't know why they ever made a brick but but anyway it was always closed off during the winter for obvious reason no one wanted to plow it no one wanted to sell oh, yeah. it and all that so you had a couple crossing you know saw horses up there to to block people from using it but the neighborhood kids would go up and down up and down up and down that's what we did we would go there and you know slide mm-hmm. down didn't get too far it wasn't like a hit, big exciting hill um mm-hmm. but it had enough that you could go arguably from the street to like halfway through the block which is really the alleyway Mm -hmm. and then you just you know keep going back and forth up and down was there a lot of
0: neighborhood kids that came along too or was it mainly just you and your sister no
1: there's a lot of there's usually like it felt like there was a line some days (laughs) where you're waiting to get up the hill to take your turn and make your sled there was another one that was closer to our house i'd only gone up it a couple times and the last time i went down it I spilled because it wasn't completely covered. Mm-hmm. This is when our mutual friend, Leaf was there visiting. Uh, he spotted the hill. He's oh, let's just try this one. We went up a few times and then I spilled hit the, you know, the hard pavement or something. And I had a bloody nose and all that. Uh, don't think I broke it, but people have asked throughout the years if I've broken my nose at some point. Um, now I wonder if that was it. <laughs>
0: I guess it could have been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Any good sledding spots?
0: We had some. So when I lived in Kerwinsville, our house, uh, we had a basement and there was a, a mini slope, I would say, right outside my bedroom window that would go down to like the basement level. So that was always just a little fun thing to do when I was at home. But most of us would drag our sleds up above the church at the end of the street and there was a nice field up there that had a good slope to it and you could ride on a a good day if it was cut back before the the snow came because sometimes they wouldn't get up there to cut the grass and it was pretty high Uh, typically there was a path right in the middle from the top where the woods were all the way down to the church parking lot and that's where we would typically sled but yeah so that was a great hill because you could uh you could definitely get all the way down to the gravel parking lot if you were, uh, you know, if everything was uh, on a good day. And of course, again, depending on what you were sledding in, but I do remember sledding up there with uh, a few of my neighborhood friends while I lived up there, didn't do any sledding. I don't think once we moved to Clearfield in 1990 all my sledding days were were pretty much gone by then but what kind of sleds and and things did you have to go down the hill on were you uh did you have one of the old fashioned wooden sleds with the metal skis or did you have maybe an inner tube or what did you have
1: i think one of the earliest ones that we had we had the the old fashioned like the little thin rail wood wooden mm-hmm. toboggan i think was primarily what we used at some point, I know we switched to a plastic one, and I, I'm trying to remember what type. I want to say it's one of the saucer styles. I don't think it was a.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think it was the the surfboard looking shape. Uh, okay, okay, I, that's all I remember really. It's been so long. How about you?
0: <laughs> I've got a few in my mind. I, my dad, I think maybe even at a garage sale or something got me one of the old wooden toboggans with the the metal rails and they were rusted by the time I quit using that. So it was mm. hard, you know, It would have to be a real good pack snow to, to go any distance on that because they were so rusted. And uh, eventually I got, let's see, I had one of the ones that was plastic that you sat in and it was long, like you said, kind of a surfboard shape but it had uh, like arms on the side. So you could actually fit two people in it if you wanted to. I usually just spread my legs out straight and went down in the thing. And I remember some of the kids around had the saucer style where I think you had like little hand grips on the side, right? Like little holes in the side of the saucer. They kind of hold on. And then some people had that kind of roll up plastic carpet, I guess you would say.
1: That's true they did. We you, had one of those uh, yeah, I do remember those
0: you you uh you sat down on the thing and it had like little hand grips in the front of the the sled, and you sat in the thing and it man, you felt every bump on the way down. Oh the yes, you did when you uh used something like that. but it was one Christmas, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe like 1984 or eighty five in there somewhere when I was seven, eight, nine years old. I got a really nice sled. I think I've seen it in one of the catalogs. So I'm, I'm thinking it was a wish book item and it was gray. It, well, the, the seat on it was black. It almost looked like a snowmobile. It had these long skis on both sides and then a, one ski in the front that you could actually steer. And it was pretty heavy. So I remember dad like tying a rope around it for me so I could drag it up the hill when I uh when I needed to but it was really nice it could fit two people not comfortably but it was it was long <laughs> enough that you could get two people on there but the the cool thing was you could steer the thing you know move right. that front ski around enough to uh move you and man I had that and used that for a long time until we left uh, and moved away so that probably ended up going in a garage sale at some point <laughs> uh. But that was, oh, yeah, that was so glorious when I had that. And that really makes sledding pretty fun. Anything else you were doing in the snow?
1: I do remember we bought or we received one of those, um, all the igloo form plastic mm-hmm. forms at one point. We were making, we had some good snows, um, at least what I remember while I was living in Dory Street. And mm-hmm. We would build, we tried, we were pretty successful at making a i won't say a complete igloo by any means but we had a good i don't know four or five rows of a of those funky bricks mm-hmm. high of a of an igloo or fort made at one point and it was fun the problem was it was so tedious because you'd have to pack the snow in there yeah. and then you had to be ginger about it i remember anyway, right
0: yeah so get because it out you couldn't there. just like in dump it shade. out
1: Mhm and because we when I well when I first was building them they were either falling apart or uh you know you're on your third row you dump it out and it breaks this, the <laughs> brick below it. Oh yeah, that was so, so you're having to make it carefully and gingerly so it was a <laughs> tedious and very cold because you're out there for hours it seems on right. in the cold. But yeah, it was I mean we we were successful. I wish I don't know if there's pictures laying around but uh we were successful at doing that and then um there was one time we we kind of did a cheat igloo and what i mean by that is there was a snow bank from all the plows up towards the front of our house there's this big huge pile of snow and i'd always wanted to make a tunnel and my mom was so scared and for obvious reasons right at the roadway there was i don't think two feet of us of a frontage between mm-hmm. the sidewalk and the road but anyway she cringed i know but we did it and i made this little it was like a uh, elbow left turn something you know <laughs> tunnel it was mm-hmm. and it was so short i don't think i don't know why the thing didn't collapse on us really but um i remember doing that too and that was fun that was uh, kind of a fun Momentous thing because it was mm-hmm. like I said it was kind of cheating because the the mound was already there. All we did was dig a tunnel. We didn't have to like go get dad's shovel yeah, it's and the
0: Novelty of it, yeah, yeah.
1: How about you? Anything? Any snow tunnels?
0: Uh, I don't remember any snow tunnels specifically. I always tried to ride my bike out in the snow. I don't know why. It was just something that I remember getting it out of the garage and just trying to skid around and see what it was like and. It usually, you know, my, my tires would get full of snow and then I'd be spinning and I'd give up and throw it back in the garage. But we did a couple other little activities. We always uh, seemed to play football with me and the neighborhood kids. We'd break out the, I usually had a Nerf football laying around or something. I don't remember playing too much with actually a real football, but we would get out there and, uh, you know, pass it back and forth and stuff. And I remember one specific time, a lot a lot of this, I'm actually, if you've uh, dove into my small little memoir, I <laughs> have a lot of these stories in there, but I was out in my front yard. I had made a snowman in the, the middle of the yard. We had two like pine trees and he was kind of in the middle and I'm out there and I did this, you know, even in the, the summertime when nobody was around since I'm the only kid, I would throw the football up in the air pretending I'm the quarterback and throw it high enough that I would run down and I'm the receiver catching the ball, you know, and scoring the touchdown. So I'm, I'm having my own little football game. I I remember one time and we had that, I made that snowman and I threw the ball. I did that same thing. I'm out there and I just plowed right into the snowman. Like he tackled (laughs) me forgetting that it was there. And uh, yeah, I'm glad nobody was around to, uh, to laugh at me. You know, dad probably came out at one point, like, why is there half a snowman in the yard? You know what happened? But right. So football was something we did out there. And then my dad passed down this game, I guess, that he played as a kid out in the snow because we would kind of play it. And then eventually I think I got um, a couple of my neighborhood friends to play it with me. And it was a game called Fox and Geese. And what Fox and Geese is, it's kind of like tag but you're out in the snow and you make like little pathways and then you make these big round like bases we would call them that is like the safe zone so one person is the fox that's trying to get everybody and then the other people are the geese who just kind of wander and you try to get from pathway to pathway to the base you know while the fox is trying to get you and you can only stay there so long or I can't remember what all the rules were we made up for it, but it was almost as fun to make the little pathways, almost like playing Pac-Man out in the snow, you know, almost like making a maze and having these little areas, what would be your, you know, your uh, power pellet area (laughs) to be the safe area. But uh, that was almost as, as much fun as playing the actual game was making all these paths out there and you're kicking snow around making the path, you know, wide enough for just essentially one person. But my backyard had a bunch of pine trees and fruit trees and all kinds of stuff that uh, made it real interesting. So you, you're make, trying to make the pathway around and these trees and things and make it more difficult to kind of get away once you're getting approached by the person trying to get you. So that was a fun little game we played in the backyard that uh, my dad essentially taught me. So I always remember that. Uh, Anything else you remember specifically about uh, outside playing in the snow winter activities?
1: I know we did try to do some stuff at my grandmother's a few times, uh, snowball fights, but they were very short-lived. We would try it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We, We would just go on and on, and it seemed like only five minutes, though, because we had either... Ticked each other off too much or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Somebody gets Uh, hit in the head. Yeah. Right. Or the face or whatever. Yeah.
1: Right. Their only quirk, and it was because it was a family friend of ours, and this kid made it onto our little, the Altoona TV station there, WTAJ. Mm -hmm. He had built this huge igloo out in his backyard. Now, it was not a fancy. It was just more of a mound with a hole in it but the guy was very i guess the cold never really bothered him Mm -hmm. so he i still remember it was on this this video you know they're interviewing him and he's taking the tour of the cave and or the i'm sorry the snow cave i guess the best way to put it and he's getting ready to go out and sleep in it (laughs) i mean dude you got guts but i'll tell you that but but that's what stood out was he was the novelty was, OK, I'm getting ready for bed. See you, folks. You know, wow well, this is whoever from T- WTAJ, TV 10 you know, like, wow, <laughs> yeah, there's well, no okay. way my parents
0: will let me sleep out in an igloo. Yeah.
1: Wow, oh, and this guy was kind of in the boonies. I mean, <laughs> so in our area, we got black bear and whatever oh, yeah. else crawling yeah. around out there. So you don't know what you're waking up to now, you know, middle of the night.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't remember having, uh, I mean, I had a snowsuit and boots and, and things like that, but every once in a while or, you know, after you're out there for a while, your your gloves get wet or, you know, you get snow oh, in yourself yeah. somehow and you, you've got to go inside. And we had a wood burning stove. So I'd jump in the basement and just head down there and, and warm up, put my boots right by the, the stove there to, to get them, you know, dried out and everything to go back out again. But There was no way I was out there for an extended period of time.
1: (laughs) No, no.
0: I do want to go outside the eighties just for a minute. And what do you think of when I say blizzard of 1993?
1: I remember it very well. (laughs) Um, Which route do you want to go on that one?
0: Well, I'm just, you know, 1993, we were juniors in high school and this huge blizzard hit the whole East coast. I mean, all the way down to even like North Carolina, if I remember right.
1: Yeah. We went and down it was deep.
0: unprecedented snow. It was, it was, cold. Uh, it was cold and it just hit us. I think if I'm, if memory serves me correctly, just over like a few days, like over a weekend, we got like 36 inches, maybe even more. And the yeah, drifts was- were so huge, but blizzard of 93 everybody has maybe an an image in their mind or something they go back to when somebody says that so what what was your experience going through that
1: so the blizzard uh i was working part-time at the time i think this is this the same one there was two storms that happened i'm trying to remember which one this was 93 that's the ice storm i'm sorry but yeah it was the ice storm so we got the snow, the incredible snow. We were closed from school for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we had moved that year to a, a new. my stepdad and mom moved into a, a new house right across from where my grandparents' farm used to be and built this driveway. Well, they didn't think it through <laughs> because it would drift shut all the time. And I didn't have four-wheel drive. I had this front-wheel drive Plymouth Horizon. So, and now we were smart, at least I was. I had winter tread tires, a pair of them, and then I had a pair of all-seasons, mm-hmm. and I that's how I rotated tires. It was about April-ish time frame. I put all-seasons out on front, and then come about September, October, I would put the winter tread back out on front. But anyway, it it got all this snow and they finally get all the roads clear and it drops. The temperature just drops, nose dives. And I remember us, I still had to work. I was working, thankfully, mostly out at the Dubois exit 16, uh, gas station. Okay. And we were just crazy. We were never busy. It was pointless to even be open, but <laughs> we were out there. I was out there. And My dear mother was probably just chewing on her nails the entire day because I'm driving out in it. But I would, you know, slow roll getting up there, all the back road. Well, it really wasn't back roads, but, you know, the winding roads rather going into Dubois to get to work. And I think when they did open up the roads, I I, sorry, I have a brain fart. Remember here? There was a time we were coming home during this snowstorm. We were coming home from school. I was coming home from school rather. No, I was going to work. Interstate 80, which you would think would receive the most service, the most clearing first, which it would, always had accidents right at the peak there near the Penfield exit, which used to be exit 18. It's now, I can't remember what the exit number is now. They've changed the numbers. Yeah. Nonetheless, there was always wrecks. I mean, you could just almost bet, you can, this is one of the foolproof bets. You could bet there's an accident up there and it's blocking traffic mm. or you're going to be the one that's going to get in the wreck. So I went the long way to Dubois to get to work from school as the snowstorm is hitting. I was, they had not plowed route. Yeah, it's 879 that gets into Crowensville. Yes. Sorry, brain fart. I'm not there anymore. It's, it's, <laughs> I, all the numbers go together now. Um, anyway, so... And I'm sorry, you'll have to get a uh, Google Maps out or something. But it's actually going from Clearfield. If you look for Route 879, I had to go through Kerwinsville, go through the one light town to go into Grampian. I made a right at the, the single traffic light there in Grampian to go onto Route 219. Before I hit that Grampian, there was a, a bar that is now burnt down in the last year, the Wildwood Inn there was a truck coming my way and I was driving the tracks. Uh, there was only you know, tire tracks that I was riding on uh-huh. and the truck was on my side and I could not move over because I would be, I'd spin out. But where I was, I was on the guardrail. So if I even did anything, I'd hit the guardrail. So I tried to almost play chicken with this trucker. And so I could get closer to, the wildwood in parking lot so if i did spin out i just wipe out in that parking lot sure enough that's exactly what i did hmm. i turned right to get into the snow a little bit lost traction spun around a complete almost 360 and then i stopped get my bearings and i'm like okay you now i hope this thing digs its way through because i'm in at least two feet of snow at least at least it seems like it mm-hmm. It was a champ. It chugged its way through, and I kept moving. And I was hoping there was no cars coming because I'm gonna keep on going. <laughs> wow. Um, wow! But anyway, made my way to 219, all the way to to Dubois, then on to exit 16 there. But I mean, that was a hairy drive there. Yeah. Like I said, when the ice hit, I was really nail biting it, trying to get there without wrecking the the truck or the my little car. And there was a power outage they had rolling power outages i remember because it was such a demand on the heat on the electric systems there was one week it was a weekend i remember they had to do a Mm -hmm. a rolling power outage and uh, it was weird because you sort of saw it and i've never seen anything like this especially as a teenager i never saw a rolling power outage you know it just looked like okay i see dubois lights oh they're off but i still have lights and then, you know, I don't know, a minute later, oh, my lights are out, but Dubois lights are back on. You know, it was yeah, something yeah. like that. But it was so interesting and weird and cars were breaking down. Your your mom needed a jump. I had to go jump your uh-huh. mom's car, if you remember. I do. <laughs> uh, because I mentioned in a previous podcast that the quirky thing about then is, although fuel injected was more reliable and, and so forth, the cold really... It really yeah. tested the fuel injected cars for some reason. I don't know is fouling up their plugs easier than anybody that still had an old carburetor based car. So we that had the older vehicles, we had a better shot at getting the car started than <laughs> with fuel injected because they, people were getting towed like left and right because they're the, it was fouling the plugs. Thankfully we got your mom's car started and it was, it was fine. Yeah. Uh, what about do you, I'm sorry I rambled on. What do you? No, that's about fine. That that's fine.
0: No, I I was uh, actually looking it up because I wanted to get the dates. It was from March 12th to March 14th in 1993. And looking at some of these snow totals, I mean uh, Pittsburgh got two feet. Up in our area, it was more between three and four feet. But going down to even like Birmingham, Birmingham got a foot. Down to Atlanta, they had ten inches uh, Knoxville, 15 inches. And, you know, you guys can, wherever you are at, if you're on the East coast, you probably remember the Gatlinburg, uh, two and a half feet. So it all hit and just hit it once. I don't remember. I'm assuming the local weather people kind of gave us a warning, but it just kind of snuck up and boom, it hit and it hit the whole East coast. I remembered, so dad at this point was living in a house trailer that was uh, up there from Leaf's house, you know, up the hill, back in that area. And I remember being over there when it hit and we had snow drifts. The woman that was, that dad was living with at the time, she had a Monte Carlo. It drifted. All I could see was the, the roof of the car. It wow. drifted so bad and it drifted pretty high on dad's truck we sh- i remember going out there and shoveling it out dad uh hired somebody with a snow plow to come plow our driveway and i remember the snow pile <laughs> being so big that i could get up there and almost i, I had my basketball there's a basketball hoop there next to the driveway I could almost go up and dunk the ball. I mean, it was so high, <laughs> climbing up that pile of snow wow. to uh, to get out. But, yeah, I've got pictures of that, me and Dad out there shoveling, we're all bundled up, and pictures of the car where it was drifted over. And, yeah, we were just kind of stuck there for a couple of days. I don't remember going out, really trying to drive in it at all at that point, and – just being stuck at the house. I'm not sure. I guess it probably didn't have my car then. But anyway, yeah, that I just kind of came to mind as we we're talking about all the snow and stuff. That was such a I remember that weekend and being just awestruck by the amount of snow that we got. So I wanted to bring that up. But We'd love to hear you guys' memories that are listening, if you've got any memories of the blizzard of 93, because that affected a lot of people.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> well, all just right. what <clears throat> seemed to be about a year prior, mm-hmm. we, and we've told the tale, I, be, I believe in school days, where we had just all come back from lunchtime, and we were getting into a class, I think history, whatever Mr. States was, was teaching that day, and he looked out the window, because someone asked, because they see snow. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the question question really was if, you know, hey, do you think we're going to get out or what do you think is going to happen? His response, though, I remember was, oh, I don't think anything will happen in a couple hours. And then (laughs) two hours, what came and went, there was roads closed. Buses couldn't get even to the school because everything was closed Mm. and all this mass. uh, I jokingly called hysteria (laughs) to to get people shuffled out because this just came on and it came on full force at that year mm-hmm. and i remember having to try to figure out a way to get back to my home when we still lived in eden which again we've told the tale that i had to go down this the, the primary route is to go up the rest of 879 north way and you traverse a little hairpin turn yeah. called lick run hill and it it's exactly that is a sharp you're going downhill straight a couple curves but you're going down and then you have this what seems to be like a hairpin turn at the like very a bottom turn
0: almost yeah yeah
1: and there is one little access road that used to be a coal coal mine road of some sort and if anybody and typically coal trucks dump trucks I remember at least two that had essentially used that as their emergency runaway because they've lost brakes or they, they lost control of the truck and that's where they ended Mm -hmm. up. But that road was closed and, you know, Interstate 80, which was our secondary road, it was closed. We had to take a long way out to Woodland, out 322, completely almost well outside where we should be going to get to home. Mm. But nonetheless, I remember that event, you know, the year prior, because we had to make our way home. And Mr. States of all things says, oh, nothing's going to happen in two hours. (laughs) We just proved you wrong. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, I don't think I
0: have really much else to to add. I think that was a good uh, trip down uh, snowy memory lane, if you will. Right so we'd
1: love to hear from you guys what you have yeah yeah uh what your experiences are maybe you're from somewhere more northern like maine or you know minot north dakota i picked that town out because a good friend of mine lived there joined the air force and came back there and got stationed there (laughs) um so he can tell me about in fact he has told me stories where they purposely build like two-story houses because you're walking out your second story bedroom to get out (laughs) <laughs>
0: so, that's crazy uh,
1: but we'd love to hear this tales the snowman if you have any photos please find us on rediscover yep
0: absolutely you'll be hearing uh the outro here where you can get in touch with us but uh i think that's going to do it for this episode thanks for coming along with us and we'll be back uh, for another episode very soon see you guys Thanks for listening to Memory Jogger. If we jogged a few of your memories, we'd love to hear about it this week.
1: Visit the show notes for our Telby Voice voicemail link and record your thoughts on today's topic or any others from our archive. We'll be sure to play it back on a future episode and give our reaction.
0: You can also post your comments to our show notes at rediscoverthe80s.com, which is the home base for Memory Jogger and more 80s nostalgia.
1: You can also find us on Twitter. Jason is at rd80s and I am at infamouswb.
0: And if you enjoy listening to the show, leave us a star rating or review in your podcast app of choice, or better yet, share this episode on social media.
1: Join us again next time as we challenge our brains on another episode of Memory Junkers.